Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. Um, And it'll be recognized by this slide. Birthdays. Birthdays. Does anybody have a birthday within the past week or this upcoming week? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, Lauren, you do. Nathaniel Diener had a birthday on Friday, so I just want to say happy birthday, happy um, belated birthday, early birthday, your birthday's coming up. Uh, happy birthday. I, I didn't know. I'm really sorry that I didn't tell you happy birthday. I called Mallory and told her happy birthday. I didn't do it to Nathaniel, but I'm sorry. Um, but birthdays. I, I noticed that there's different um, reactions to people's birthdays. There are certain people that don't let too many people know because they don't want any attention on themselves. Nathaniel, is that how you feel with your birthday? There, there are some people that don't really mention it too much, but then they, um, they, when somebody says happy birthday, they're like, wow, thank you. Like your mom, do not forget your mother's birthday because if you do, it will be terrible for you. Do not forget your mother's birthday. Mom, I will never forget your birthday, I promise. Um, and then there's one last version of responding to your birthday is the world needs to know because that is your day. Sometimes it is a whole week for you, but it is my birthday and everybody needs to know you wear like a birthday shirt, you wear like a birthday button, you have a birthday hat. It is my birthday and it is my day and it is going to be great. Which one do you think I am? My birthday is September 26th and I want the world to know. In fact, um, we, we have a family group chat that my, my brother usually like posts Bible verses in, which I think is so cool. But sometimes I, I say things, I have thoughts, and I share with my family. Like the other day I said, do you guys just have the random urge to just listen to ABBA music? And they were like, what? Like, who? <laughs> who wh- why are you asking that? I'm just like, I don't know. I just really want to listen to ABBA today. I'm, I don't know. Um, but the other day I said, by the way, family, My favorite dessert is banana pudding. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And they're like, why are you telling us this? And I'm like, well, my birthday's in a couple months. So if my birthday comes up, I really want banana pudding. That would be awesome. (laughs) So that is how I react to my birthday. When I was a child, there was two main things that you knew about me when I was in elementary school. The first one was that I loved monkeys. I don't know why uh, I mentioned this when I, when I went around in school. I'm just like, hi, I'm Evan. I like monkeys. Like that's, it's, it's a thing that I said. Whenever we got books from the library, I checked out the different monkey books, the, the Gibeon or the orangutans. I love orangutans. Um, those kind of monkeys, and that's, that's just how people knew me. Now, I, I do like all different kinds of animals. I like elephants and tigers. But if we go to the zoo, we are definitely going to go see the monkeys. For sure. We're especially going to go, if you haven't been to the Indianapolis Zoo, the orangutan exhibit is so cool and I love it. Um, But yeah, that was a fact about me. The second fact about me was that I had the same birthday. I still have the same birthday as Johnny Appleseed. I thought that was the coolest fact about myself ever. I have the same birthday as Johnny Appleseed. And now that I'm going later on in the in my life, I, I realized that most everybody has the same birthday as somebody famous, but I thought I was significant because I had the same birthday as Johnny Appleseed. 
I, I talked to a childhood friend and, and I was like, hey, how you doing? What, what's going on? And he's like, oh, Evan, I remember how you told me you have the same birthday as Johnny Appleseed. And I'm like, that was 20 years ago. Why do you remember that? <laughs> but he remembered that I had the same birthday as Johnny Appleseed. But who was Johnny Appleseed? I mean, I got this cool picture from that uh, Disney movie. Some of you have seen it with the legends of old, and it is a picture of Johnny Appleseed. And so the definition of who Johnny Appleseed was, he was an American missionary, nurseryman, who helped pave the way for 19th century pioneers by supplying apple tree nursery stock throughout the Midwest. Johnny Appleseed, the man who paved the way for 19th century pioneers. So in, in the movie, you kind of see that he's just this nursery man, and you may not know what that is. That is just a person who plants apple trees. And so he's, he's working, and he sees the pioneers going into this new uncolonized area, and they, they're going to go into this new territory, and he sees what they're doing, and he's excited. He's like, I want to go too. He's like, all I got is just these seeds. But he goes, and he just starts tilling the ground just a little bit. He starts planting the seeds left and right. And, and as he's going, and what in fact this did for the pioneers is as they were going to this new territory, they, they started to lack food. They started to lack resources, started to lack nutrients or water for, for survival. But then they come upon this piece of land and there's a bunch of apple trees here. And not only were these apples just good for, for feeding people, but they were a source of water, a source of hope for these people. They do all of this work, and they finally get to this place, and they're like, oh, my gosh. There's something that can help me survive because there's something that can help me go. Johnny Appleseed paved the way. And not only did he spread the apple seeds, but he shared the gospel with the pioneers as they were going. And so a lot of us in our ancestry, as we, as we look back, there could be a part of our life that has been affected by Johnny Appleseed and the fact that he, he preached to the pioneers. He helped the relation between the Indians and the colonists, and he paved the way. I just picture Johnny Appleseed as he's, as he's going along. He just puts the seeds down and just goes on his merry way, just, just doing his thing. And, and it kind of reminds me of this parable. The parable of the seeds. But before I get to that, I want to tell you the title of my sermon. It's called Pave the Way. Pave the Way. Make the path and let Jesus do his thing. Make the path and let Jesus do his thing. So let's get into the parable of the seeds. If you could turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. It's in the NIV version. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, Plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Others fell among the thorns, which grew and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So we all kind of like Johnny Appleseed have seeds. 
And the seed that Jesus is talking about is actually the kingdom of God. It is, it is the gospel. It is the fact that we know Jesus. And as we shine our light, as we show the love, as we actually tell people about what he has done in our lives, we are spreading the seed. And we are spreading the seed, and it is going all over the place. Some places it is, it is on the street, and the birds are coming, and they're taking it away. And other places it's in, it's in rocky soil, and people get all excited, but then it withers because they don't have a good foundation. Or sometimes it is in this soil where there's weeds growing, and the discouragements of life just take it away. But sometimes there's moments where you plant the seed, and it grows a hundred to infinity times more than what it was planned to be. But I think about in our lives as we, as we see the seed that we, we are spreading and we look back and we see that some of the seeds are getting picked off by crows. We want to go back there and put a scarecrow up and say, get out of here, birds, don't, don't touch my seed. Or we want to dig up those seeds that were in the rocky soil and we want to say, okay, we need to move this to a better soil. Or we get this fertilizer and we say, okay, we need to fertilize these weeds and, and get them out of the way or we just want to water them and water them and water the seeds so that it can grow proper, properly. But what does that end up doing? What is our job? Our job is to always plant the seed. Sometimes it is to water the seed, but it is never to make it grow. That is God's job. Sometimes in our lives, we take it upon ourselves, and sometimes we find this one seed that just, we're like, oh, this seed is going to be so good. And we plant it, and we watch it, and we water it. And because of the soil that it is planted in, it does not go anywhere. If Johnny Appleseed just planted a seed and watered it, it takes six years for a tree that he plants to grow. Johnny Appleseed went from Connecticut all the way and died in Fort Wayne, Indiana. If he planted seeds the way that, that, that some of us try to evangelize, then he would plant a seed, sit there for six years. Go to the next spot, plant a seed, wait. He would have probably planted at least four to eight trees. <laughs> Sometimes in our life, God calls us to plant the seeds, but sadly, we don't get to decide where the seed grows and where it doesn't go in the most surprising and awesome places. And this is what makes me love my job. The places where we don't think the seed will sprout, it grows so much bigger than anything I expected. God calls us to plant the seed. He calls us to pave the way so that generations may know his name. But sure enough, when we plant the seed and the seed grows and produces a crop, rarely ever does it turn around and thank you for planting it. This reminds me of another John that actually, the story of this John changed my life. It's the story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the man who paved the way for the coming of Jesus. John the Baptist. In the Old Testament, before Jesus came, all these prophets were talking about the coming of the Messiah. They said he would be the reigning king, he would be this awesome guy, but also with the prophecies about Jesus, there was prophecies about John. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse three, 
Isaiah is talking about the coming Messiah, and he says, A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, it says, I will send my messenger who will, who will prepare the way before me when suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Now, if I was John the Baptist, if I was this guy and, and I saw that there was these Old Testament prophecies about me, I would have thought, I am so awesome. I am the man, there is Old Testament, like I'm the one who's going to prepare the way for the coming Messiah, so therefore I am so great. My head would be so big, I could not fit through a doorway. That was John the Baptist. And even more, in Luke chapter 1, it is the story of his father and before he was born. And if you could turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 13. An angel of the Lord said this to his father. So what's happening is his father is preparing a sacrifice at, at the temple, and he's just doing his thing, and just an angel shows up out of nowhere, and he's freaking out because whenever you read in the Bible about an angel showing up, usually us humans, we get really scared because they're probably really cool. I want to see one someday. So the angel of the Lord said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I just picture Zechariah telling the story to his son, John, and saying, an angel appeared before me and said that you were going to be filled with the spirit and you were not to do these things, but you are going to have the spirit of Elijah. And I just think about the Jews at this time. They knew the story of Elijah. Elijah was a man who confronted these prophets who were worshiping a false god he drenched an altar and asked God to summon fire and God summoned lightning from the sky and burst it into flames. That is the Elijah who John has the spirit of. John has the spirit of Elijah, the man who found the starving widow and her son and said, I'm gonna miraculously provide for you guys for days on end. That was Elijah. Elijah has so many cool parts of his story and John had his spirit. Now, if you don't know who John is, he is a great and amazing guy, and he was going to prepare the way for Jesus, and he was the bomb. And you would think he thought that he was the bomb. But if you turn with me to John chapter 3, this story right here, it gives me a whole different perspective of who he was. So in John chapter 3, verse 22, uh, John is baptizing people along the river. And he sees that people in his line are actually getting out of the line because down the river, Jesus is also baptizing people. And so it, he, he's, he's doing his ministry. He's John the Baptist right here baptizing people. Jesus is down the river. His disciples don't like that people are leaving him to go to Jesus. And so they start arguing with people. They say, don't you realize this is John the Baptist? Jesus is Jesus of Nazareth. He's He's not the Baptist, don't leave us. And an argument breaks out and one of his disciples comes to him and says to him, 
Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. John the Baptist, with the spirit of Elijah who has prophecies about him, the man who is to pave the way for Jesus, was losing his ministry. He was losing people. They were leaving him, why? To go to Jesus. And so in my heart, there's just a little stirring in me that says, what gives him the right to just take the job that I have? But John has a choice. To either approach it in the way of saying, ah, this guy's taking my job, this, this is not okay, or he could realize what it was truly about. And this is his response in verse 27. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. The joy is mine and it is now complete. John realized his job wasn't to be the bridegroom, to be the man who everybody went to, but to make way so that the bridegroom could come in and take his bride. To stand to the side and rejoice as he paved the way for Jesus to be known. And in verse 30, this verse right here, if you truly get the context of what he is saying, can change your life. In verse chapter 30, he says, he must become greater. I must become less. Now John knew his job, and it was to pave the way for Jesus, but so many times in our lives when we, when we do the work and we do the telling, we do the path, we pave the way, we stand at the end and say, look what I did, and Jesus is saying, get out of the way so I can be known. I went rock climbing at Red River Gorge with Logan Eastler on Monday, and as we were going, we were on this path, and I'm not as healthy as I wish because I, I was sweating. It was a lot of walking, and I just wanted to get to the end. But I think about the people who made that path. There was none. And they went into this area, and they had all these leaves and all these brooks and all these trees, and they just made the path, chopping their way through, trying to get a pathway. And it was so hard, but finally they got to the end. But I could care less about them because I just wanted to reach the end. See, Johnny Appleseed, he paved the way by tilling the land, but he wanted to give hope to the colonists so that they could make a way. John the Baptist wanted to pave the way, not so that he himself could be known, but so Jesus could be known. One of the things that we don't pay attention to is there's not much writing about John the Baptist. Why? Because it is all about Jesus. John the Baptist did his job because all of the Gospels are not about John the Baptist. They are about him. I remember my youth pastor, um, my sophomore year of high school, he was, he was hired on, and he, he did. He became my, my mentor. In fact, as Pastor Rick is talking about um, ha not knowing what to do, I still have those all the time, and I call him, and I'm like, Nate, what do I do? 
and he helps me. And I remember I was, I was watching him do the ministry. He took this broken youth group and, and just started mending it together, making it healthy, setting things in place. And at the same time, the, the kids minister left. And so he had to maintain this kids ministry. And at the same time, he had to take care of the, the, all of the tech of the church, completely revamped it, all three things at the same time. And he adopted three kids. And I'm watching him as he's doing this work. I'm saying, dude, how are you doing this? And he's like, I am only being obedient. And later on, as, I, as, as he left, I stayed in the church just for a little bit. And some people started to have the audacity to say, what did he do? And I said, you have no idea. And even now, he doesn't seek the credit, but he says, I was just paving the way so that the next person who came in could be that much more successful. John the Baptist. This is how his life ends. He confronts King Herod because he married his, his brother's ex-wife, and John the Baptist confronts him. He gets put in prison and ultimately gets beheaded. And while he's in prison, he sends some disciples to Jesus. And he's like, dude, if you are the, the, the son of God, if you're the Messiah we're waiting for, why am I in this situation? Why am I here? And so he sends his disciples to Jesus and said, truly, if you are the son of God, then let us know, or should we wait for someone else? And, and Jesus turns to them and says, listen, the blind are being healed. The dead are being raised and demons are being cast out of people. He said, blessed are those that do not stumble on account of me. And I would get so much more into this, but basically he's saying, even when things aren't going the way that you expected, blessed are you if you continue to follow Christ. And then I think in this verse, it, what I want to interpret it is, he doesn't say this to the disciples. I don't think John the Baptist ever knows, but Jesus turns back to his disciples and he says, truly I tell you, there is no one on earth. Actually, I want to read it for you. Verse Luke 7, 28. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. If that is Jesus talking about John the Baptist, maybe we need to take some note into the life that he lived. Maybe sometimes in our life we have to pave the way and face the hits and, and work our tail off and then get out of the way so that Jesus can be known. How is John the Baptist rewarded? Well, now... He's in heaven celebrating in eternity, getting the rewards that he, he has gotten. But then it seemed like an endly demise. And I remember in college, we were just this class. And, and my, my college was a little different than, than a normal college. It was, it was ministry training. So our class that was going through, we, just, we were thought we were just the stuff. We, we were the best guys there. And we were going to do ministry awesome. And, and we had to bring up this class behind us. And we're like, these guys are, nah, it's okay. They're not going to be good as us. It's not going to happen. And, and one of my best friends said to me, actually, he said to the entire group, let's make them better than we ever were. 
And I just think if we had that perspective, if we, if we were willing to pave the way, till the seed, make sure it goes, but then just go on our way, if we were willing to pave the way and then get out of the way so that Jesus could be known instead, what an impact we would have. And so worship team, if you guys could come on up. Johnny Appleseed paved the way. He gave hope to people who were working hard to figure out this new land. John the Baptist paved the way so Jesus could be known. And we must also pave the way. I think about my job as a youth pastor, my, my, my job in life, and, and there's so many times, just like my birthday, I want to be celebrated, I want to be known, but sometimes, every time, I need to realize that in order to succeed, I need to be forgotten. I need to be forgotten so much because whenever people look back on their lives, they'll be like, I don't know who Evan Eikhoff is, but I know who Jesus is. And if you forget me completely, then please do. But I know Jesus because his name is so much more important than anybody else's. He's more important than me. He's more important than everyone. And John the Baptist had it right when he said, in order for him to increase, I must decrease. And so I know we've we've done this song quite a bit. But I just love this line in the song, I decrease as you increase. And so we're gonna go into this song, but first I wanna pray. Jesus. God, there's something in us. We want the credit for the work that we are doing, God, because that seems fair, right? God, we want to be recognized because that's what's fair to us. But Jesus, please change our hearts to focus on what is most important, and that is you. God, no matter how much work you have called us to do, it is nothing because, God, you could do so much more work than we ever could. Jesus, make our eyes focused on what the real goal is. And that is you. God, sometimes in our life that may not look the way that we'd expect. In fact, you call us to lay down our lives for you. And sometimes that may not look great because we want to look to the generations behind us and say, we need to pave a way so that you can be known. God, decrease me of me and the things that I want and the things that I, my pride just keeps growing in me. But God, make yourself known through me. God, less of me and more of you. In your name we pray. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. 
And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. 